Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Boomer. Some people don't like the term, but I think, like many other words, it's all in how you say it. My umbrella business is Boom with a Bang, and I think we should keep that in mind as much as possible. We Boomer women don't have a lot of role models as we traverse this chapter. So the goal of this podcast is to introduce you to guests who might incentivize, encourage, teach you to embrace your wisdom, our wisdom. With this incarnation of the Boomer Woman's Podcast, I'm interviewing people who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at boomwithabang.com. If you want to be a guest on podcast or know someone who would be a great guest, message me. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value, we know how to do it, and we must perpetuate the art form. So let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. A regular subject amongst boomers is retirement. I've voiced opinions on retirement. I say that I'm retired because I no longer have that have-to nine-to-five anymore. I'm still working on this podcast and a few other irons I have in the fire, but because they're things I've created and enjoy, they are my version of retirement. Today's guest discusses and coaches on Encore Careers. The words on his website that caught my eye immediately were, it's time to do it on your terms. Let's find out more. Lynn Friest, welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. Thank you, Agnes. Great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to visit with you. No, that's great. Lynn, let's start by you explaining what an Encore career is, what a silver entrepreneur is, and how Lynn Friest decided to be on this path. Please. Sure. Uh, Well, uh, for me, the Encore career is people that still want to continue, I'll say, contributing in society. Uh, And it can be for money or maybe it's just for a passion, but it's uh, somewhat intentional, I guess I'll say. So I'm trying to uh, strike a difference between those who want to win the next pickleball game and and those who want to make some uh, more meaningful contribution in life. Not that pickleball is bad, mind you. It's just uh, I think there could be more. uh, And Later on, we'll probably talk a little bit why I feel that's really important, actually, that we do keep contributing. But uh, but the whole Encore career is, uh, and again, my tagline is, I want you to work when you want, where you want, and do the work you love. So it's how do you craft something based on your past experiences? And in my cases, uh, I'm anticipating many people coming out of a, a career or some sort of corporate life. Uh, so how do you make that transition? Because it, it can be quite challenging, quite frankly. And uh, in fact, I, I, one of the studies I've found was uh, some people who studied uh, the whole path of retirement work. It can be one to two years after retirement while you're still kind of confused about what's next for you. So I'm trying to help uh, shorten that and give people a little more insight. And I'm doing that because I'm on the journey myself. I, uh, I left my corporate world after 40 years uh, in 19 or in 20, in 2015. And, um, uh, I said, I, hey, I'm going to be a, I was in manufacturing. So I was started off saying, I'm going to be a manufacturing consultant for small companies. And I pursued that and got some contracts and did that work for several years. But I started thinking about, and one of my 
friends and teachers challenge me, says, Lynn, people might want to know how and why you're doing this, what you're doing. You know, this isn't very common. Um, so I, um, I said, okay. So I started talking. I have a podcast. I've had it for several years now. And I started talking about the silver entrepreneur or having an encore career. And, um, and about 2000 or 2021, July of 2021, I finally said, I'm just going to get out of the manufacturing thing and I'll focus full time on trying to help people uh, launch the next chapter of their life uh, as a career or whatever they choose to do. So that's kind of the short story, but. um, No, that's great. (laughs) The the silver part. I think a lot of people wish it was silver. (laughs) Well, and I, I, it was interesting. Obviously I have a, uh, white, white hair and stuff like that. So it sounded real natural to me, but I ran into uh, more than a few people says, I don't want to have silver hair or be considered silver, you know? And I, okay. That's, that's fine too. So I started just kind of saying, uh, uh, encore career, even though for me, it's still the silver entrepreneur. Yeah. No, that's, I think, I think we still all understand it. So that's great. <laughs> now I did a bit of, uh, homework for this conversation. You talk about mindset. Now, these people in search of an encore career are or were successful professionals often. Why are they uncertain and what are they uncertain about? Well, I think a couple of things. The first thing uh, that I found for myself over time and then did some learning about it, you have structure in your life as, as working in corporate life or whatever your life you're working in. You have structure and routines and ways you do things. And that really kind of shapes your, your day to a large extent. So one of the things that happens when people, quote, retire or leave that structured piece of their life is all of a sudden I found, well, today I can do anything I want. Uh, so what might that be? You know, so this whole idea of how we need to shift our mindset a little bit and say, what's the new structure I will have in my life? What are the habits, the routines that I would like to pursue? The other piece on around mindset is often in our careers, we're defined by our titles. We're defined by our uh, uh, positions, you know, different things like that. And all of a sudden, if you want to pursue now an encore career where you're asking people to pay you money to do something for them, they really don't care about those things. <laughs> you have to kind of say, what's the value I actually provide to you? The fact that I was a senior manager of logistics or some other profession it, that's not their problem. <laughs> you know, they want to know what you can do. Have you worked with uh, people solving difficult issues? Have you project managed? So uh, that's the other thing I work with people to say, uh, drill down into what you actually did in your career, not what were the titles and positions you had. So it's uh, that's one of them. And then probably another piece of it is, is if you're going to into business for yourself, even if you were a marketing professional, you weren't marketing yourself. Uh, so there's a whole different piece that, Gee, and you don't have this, maybe if you were elite in leadership position, you had a staff of people to do things. Well, guess what? As a company of one, there's nothing. And most people find out if they have a spouse that their spouse quickly says, and I'm not your secretary. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so those are some of the mindset shifts that I, I, I ran into myself and that I help others kind of think through. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think a really common thread amongst people that I talk to and that I interview is the fact that, you know, after 30, 35, maybe even 40 years within a company, and even if the last 10 years have been, 
you know, CEO or COO or CFO, whatever, you really become to define yourself as that, let alone, you know, what other people view you as. And so suddenly when you no longer have that as part of your framework, you really have to stop and think, gee, who, who am I? And I know, especially for our generation, women who have been homemakers, they've been mothers, they've been daughters, they've been, you know, maybe employees, they really do need to stop now and think, okay, I, well, I, well, I still may be all of those things, they're not actively pulling on my time. So, mm-hmm. so who am I? Yeah, the, uh, you know, I, I ask people to do an exercise, and this could be for anybody is just think back on some of the things you've done, the activities, not the titles, but the activities, and which ones gave you joy, or did you have sort of a flow state? Uh, because it could be that, uh, for example, you may have organized a, a softball league or something like that. Okay, that's a particular skill that you have exhibited in your life. And you can u- utilize that. Other people can need that. Or maybe you uh, successfully facilitated difficult times in the workplace or maybe even in your church or something. You help people talk through difficult issues. Again, that's actually quite a valuable skill that people can use and that people would really like to have your help with on. So some of that is going back and thinking about what you've done and picking out those things where, you know, found you found joy or, or you just kind of lost track of time while you were busy doing it. And then you can try to map that on to what, what people need. One of my sideline businesses is called Sassy, Savvy, and Successful. And I think you've just about summed up savvy, you know, where it, it just – Stuff that you you know that you don't realize you know, and that that does matter. Yeah. Now you say that you need to have both the mindset of an expert and a beginner for an encore career. Can you explain that, please? Well, the easiest one is, uh, well, often, uh, in myself included, when I started out, I almost said, "Who wants to know what I know?" You know, I I, I kind of the imposter syndrome kind of thing. So you really have to keep thinking about. You've added great value in your life and whatever it was, you need to keep that and hold that, protect your confidence in that value. But also, and also it often comes in terms of technology, you have to be willing to uh, be the novice and accept other people uh, and, and their help. And, and I've done that quite freely often. I think, well, I said, I was on a podcast the other day and I said, yeah, I, I'm still trying to find the 12 year old that can teach me how to do Instagram reels, you know, and, uh, <laughs> but it, it's that idea. And of course, the, uh, uh, there's a movie with Robert De, De Niro and Anne Hathaway called The Intern. And that's sort of the, the poster movie for, uh, you know, what we're talking about there being there because while the business world has a lot of talent, some of it's new talent and they, at the very least, simply haven't seen everything. And, uh, so you can uh, add that, uh, sense of experience to it. Uh, I once had a a manager in an engineering organization. They had hired a lot of very talented new people. He said, but you know, Lynn, we're making mistakes that we know how not to make if if everybody really was (laughs) kind of uh, developed fully. So some of that is, uh, I think there's always value in experience. You You do have to, you know, you can't be rigid in that. You can't solve yesterday's problems but you can use your experience uh, proactively in today's problems. Everybody knows I come with notes, but I'm, I'm going to jump ahead here now just because of a few things you've mentioned there. Do clients tend to, your clients tend toward brand new career ideas or inventing themselves in familiar territory? 
I would say most often they're looking for uh, things that are at least parallel or, you know, something adjacent to the area they were in before. Some of them will actually say, you know, my experience is useful if there's some particular thing like, say, logistics or something like that, where people are actively looking for, you know, external help on those things. But often they they start going into new areas. Uh, so, uh, for example, they may help provide leadership opportunities in a nonprofit or something like that. So it really kind of depends. It all goes back to, you know, what did they find out when they started looking back on what brought them joy in in their life and work in, in the past? That That's where I really try to help them or try to ask them to focus on those things because you can be good at something and really not like to do it anymore. So you don't want to recreate a bad old job, you know, it's kind of, so try to focus on those things that uh, you, you know, really give you a joy. I think too, you know, there's a lot of intergenerational stuff that happens um, and where older employees, especially in uh, higher positions, they, they, they want to be gone, but mm-hmm. there's nobody ready to step into their shoes. So it seems to me that if you could take that, I don't know, year, whatever it takes to transition where they're backing out, but at the same time training the incoming mm-hmm. that, you know, it's good for the company. It's good for the incoming. It's probably good for the outgoing, the, the reti- well, retiring. I'm going to use that word person just because they're not here today, gone tomorrow. Absolutely. And I, I think in the past, uh, companies tend to have that idea that it was, um, you know, all or nothing kind of a thing. They're either in the position or they're completely gone. And I think that that idea of a transition phase is getting a little more uh, traction these days. Now, this is an example from actually quite a few years ago. But at the time, a, a German company said they were, and this is back when cell phones were quite expensive, they said they would give their retiring engineers cell phones as long as they would answer them when they called, you know, <laughs> because sometimes that's what you need is somebody to call when the situation presents itself. And so in some cases, again, having a, a seasoned professional available. Now, the other way that I, I know we've talked about that is uh, actually uh, in one of the a colleagues who's also creating their encore career. They have a program where they establish mentoring programs. And again, you could bring people in to work with a, a group of new leaders. Uh, they wouldn't have to be there all the time, but they'd be there to answer questions, there to teach a few things. So I think there's there's a, a lot of value that could come from that. And I guess one other thing I'll, I'll say, and we, quite frankly, uh, the world needs it. Uh, Right now, we, we, we're kind of seeing the edge of it. We don't have quite enough people. Well, that only gets worse. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I think they say right now 15% of the workforce is over 60. And they think by 2030 or so, about 20% of the workforce. Well, that'll, that'll be almost 9 million people. And, you know, you can't really ignore that demographic as far as filling the roles in some way that you need to have, have uh, need to have. I listen to talk radio and I, I think it hits home for me when these younger announcers, uh, researchers say this hasn't happened since 20, 2002 or something, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah, <laughs> I remember when it happened in, you know, 1974, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that sort of thing. And, and to really offer that, that long term rear view mirror, because 
I mean, history does repeat. We know that. And so to be able to just bring a bit more context, I won't say context, just period, but more context to any issues that might arrive or, or how a company came to be where it is. You know, what were the mistakes in the past? What were the successes in the past that got us there? Because some history you don't want to repeat. <laughs> yeah. And um, the company I worked for was uh, John Deere is an agricultural company. And, um, uh, I was just talking with some people there about these issues, and they said, you know, we talked about the fact that many now of their employees are coming from urban uh, settings and not from ag- agricultural settings. So that's not good or bad. It's just they're coming from a different context. So having people around to, you know, explain, hey, here's the things that happen in, in the uh, rural life, you know, can be useful to them because they that's where their customers are. <laughs> Yeah, especially after the last three years, I think a lot of people went to a more rural kind of uh, environment and lifestyle. So, sure. absolutely. So it's uh, yeah, there's uh, a lot of different areas, and I think the intergeneral, intergenerational cooperation and collaboration is always best for everybody to have that. You know. Yeah, I am actually taking a little sideline course on SEO, which you probably know about. Listeners may not because they don't need to. But just talking about the fact that you look up something and, Mm -hmm. you know, you you only get one one angle from it. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to have that. uh, Well, I guess when people are like John Deere, if they're actually looking at the fact, they're not just assuming that it's the same old, same old. So now you discuss skill set. And this is one of my favorite topics, as I've learned so many new skills, um, mostly tech, in the mm-hmm. last 10 years. And it was a little daunting at first, but it has turned into fun, and it continues to be just more fun. Right. And I, you know, again, this idea of you have to be an intern, you have to be willing, an apprentice at, at some of these technology skills. Now, the one thing I'll, I'll tell people in today's world uh, sometimes you have to know, you have to be aware of the skills. You don't necessarily have to learn them all uh, because there are people that, you know, for very reasonable prices, you cannot buy an hour of someone's time. Just like in the past, you would have bought an hour of a an accountant's time or a banker's time or a lawyer's time. Well, now you can buy somebody's time to publish your podcast or you can buy somebody's time to get some copywriting done or create Instagram reels. Now, you still want to know kind of how it's done. And depending on what your interests are, you may want to learn to do it yourself. But again, if you're trying to pursue maybe an encore career, you want to stick to your zone of genius. Uh, so I, when I created my podcast, I did it kind of myself for a while. And I'll say I did it mediocre. And uh, probably I was only ever going to be mediocre at actually publishing and polishing a podcast. So I hired somebody to do that for me. And uh, so that's one of those things where sometimes knowing who can do something for you is just as good as knowing how to do it yourself. Although I will say, usually you have to have some awareness of of what you need. (laughs) Well, let me tell you right up front here, I'm now going to go learn how to do Instagram reels and I'm going to make, have a contract with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that that's top of mind for me because I actually just uh, hired someone to do that for me, but I was learning how much do I have to learn about them? Because I still have to create the content. You know, while somebody else can make it look nice and pretty, I still have to be able to speak and say some things that are useful to say on an Instagram reel. Um, but it's um, it's kind of like with the podcast. I, I still have to just have wonderful guests and talking with interesting people like you. 
but somebody else can kind of polish it up and then get it get it ready to go for people. Okay, I, I'm going to admit to something here. Um, I was recently interviewed, and when I saw the Instagram little square box, I messaged her, and it was a public message because I'm okay laughing at myself. And I said, I will pay you money to change out that picture you've just used. And within about two hours, there was a response to my message saying, um, Agnes, it's a video. <laughs> <laughs> and the thumbnail that it captured just happened to be this dreadful picture of me. <laughs> so it was like, oops. <laughs> well, and some of that is, um, you know, again, that's a that's a mindset change coming out of corporate life. Again, I was in manufacturing we wanted to be 99% sure things were perfect before we did them because obviously we didn't want to have any mistakes, errors, or problems. Well, now in, as an entrepreneur, uh, I think what they've told me is 65% of the time you're going to be wrong, but you have to correct and pivot and, and go back again. So this whole idea that uh, the thing I'm pursuing now as an encore career, it's not going to be perfect the first time. Uh, uh, one of my... Uh, friends and colleagues has said, Lynn, you have to get used to practicing in public. Well, that's not something I ever did for 40 years. You you got it right before you ever made it public. <laughs> well, perhaps a phrase I like, and it, I've actually used it in my notes, so we'll go there next, is, um, in, you know, we talk about being perfect. Practice makes perfect. What I love is the phrase that practice makes progress. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great. Now, you talk about practice, and I understand, is that like just figuring out your new day or week or whatever? Well, some of it is, uh, it's around this concept of intentional practice. So yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's kind of saying, you know, this is what I'm going to try to do next. And and everything is an experiment. And then I'll stop and reflect and, okay, that didn't work quite like I thought, but what can I do next? So it's uh, because sometimes, you know, otherwise it'd be easy for me to just keep doing the same thing poorly every time uh, if I didn't stop. So when I say practice, it's almost about reflection as much as it is practice. But sometimes it's about um, if it's a new skill, particularly a new tech skill, how do you break it down into the smallest pieces? So I think of, uh, you know, the person says, what's uh, on Instagram, if that uh, we've been talking about that, you know, what's the home page look like or what's the, the opening screen? What are all the buttons? I'll look at that first, you know, and then, well, OK, the next thing I I'd like to learn in Instagram is. How do they do those, uh, you know, this aspect of it, a reel or a post or, okay, so I'll do, spend the time and then I'll, then you need to practice actually doing some of those. It's one of those things where I'm trying to also encourage myself and others to have action along with practice. So sometimes I, I can get, uh, I love to learn about things and how things work. So I'm one of those crazy people that reads the manual on things. And so uh, I have to step away from reading the manual and actually doing practice, practice in public, as it were. Yeah. One of the people that I do follow online has a, a phrase, and I'm, I'm not going to remember it, but what it means basically is, you know, instead of going out and getting the MBA in the hopes that it will get you the job, is find a job you like and then when you want a promotion, it's what skills do I need? And as you say, intentional learning then. What skills do I need to get to that next place mm -hmm. um, instead of just going out and doing whatever the, the the college or whatever says, oh, yeah, this will come in handy. Well, maybe, maybe not. So, uh, yeah, intentional is such a good word. Yeah, and I think in uh, 
today's world, especially as you pursue um, an encore career, it's not as clear cut usually that they're hiring you for some certification that you have. They're, that may be true, but sometimes they're hiring because they think you can solve a problem they have. Well, that it may be that you've demonstrated that through your work, through your uh, public work or something like that. So it's not always about the the certification, even though I, I've gotten those myself and I know others, uh, it is useful in some cases. The one time my bachelor degree came in handy was because an employer actually said, you're not going to need any of that. But it shows to me you that you can last at something, you can focus on something for four years. <laughs> so, okay, whatever. That was in my much younger days, back in the 70s. Yep. <laughs> Just so people don't think it's necessarily true today. Okay, you mentioned something in one of your videos. Entrepreneurs over age 55 have a greater success rate starting a business than young people with less life experience. Can you expand on life experience as an asset, please? Well, it's um, it can be two things. One, it's uh, you've seen <laughs> you've seen a lot of mistakes made, so to some extent you, you can avoid those mistakes as you uh, create your own business. Uh, the other piece is probably that you can look ahead and you can have that grit to per- persevere because you know there are going to be ups and downs. You've seen ups and downs in your own life. So I think there's a couple of things. And then the, probably the third piece is businesses are all, in many activities, they they succeed or fail based on the people that are involved. And sometimes uh, you have had experience as a senior entrepreneur with a lot of people and you've seen things what what worked with people and what didn't work with people sometimes uh what i found is the uh, the younger entrepreneurs they have great technical skills and a great idea but they haven't had that experience of working with a wide-ranging group of people maybe so that there, i think there's an element there that uh we've seen what it takes to work with people successfully I think to uh, just something so basic as knowing that this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you're younger, you think that each issue, be it good or bad, is life. This is life. This is what's happening. This is how it's going. Whereas, yeah, that, that right in this moment, maybe for a few days, maybe for a few weeks, even a year, maybe. But, you know, it, it's just such a fluid state being in life. Yeah, I remember even uh, when I was in my working career, I think it was... Uh, we had a, the 2000 dot-com bust and a general sort of a downturn in business. And at that time in my company, we'd hired a whole lot of people from, we'll say, 95 to 2000, but they'd never experienced a downturn before. Meanwhile, I'd been through multiple downturns in my career and, you know, and one, some of them were worse than the one we experienced in that one. And I said, hey, it'll we'll get through this and it'll come out okay on the other side. But for them, it was the first time they experienced. So naturally, the, I think to some extent, you catastrophize it a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting. I remember friends buying a house back in oh, early, mid 80s, and their interest rate was like 18%. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, are you crazy? And sure enough, it came down, you know, but yeah. I'm sure to them, it would, they just saw it going up and up and up and they had to jump in. And so, as you say, there's been the 80s, there was 2000, there was 2008, um, and now we have 2023. You know, it's... And my uh, my mother, who's 96, is still with us. And if I ever get too high on my horse, she'll say, well, I went through the Great Depression in the Dust Bowl in Nebraska. So 
yeah, this is not a big deal here. <laughs> oh, we got to move on because we're dating ourselves here like crazy. <laughs> on your about page, you say, I look for ways to incorporate innovative ideas into traditional business processes, not just connecting the same old dots, but adding new dots to consider on your journey. Talk about dots. Well, it's um, that comes from my background in uh, uh, executive coaching, where you know I fir- firmly believe that no one, whenever I coach someone, they can't implement my solution. It's impossible, and it wouldn't work anyway. So what I've often said in, in that context is, you have to connect your own dots, but occasionally I can show you some new dots to uh, to consider. And I think the same way is, is true in business processes and different things is, you know, I can help people look at things from a different perspective, as it were. Well, and I think this is true. It always helps to have people of different perspectives around to ask those questions that you haven't even thought of. And so occasionally I can do that. But people have done that for me. Uh, so, for example, fairly young person, a, a young woman who is helping me with some social media posts said, Lynn, you do a lot of really nice teaching, but you don't talk much about yourself and, and how you do things. And I said, you know, that's right. I don't. So, I mean, she just offered a brand new perspective that I hadn't considered in, you know, doing what I thought was the best thing. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's what I try to do is see different perspectives. And I think the other thing, and some of this comes from experience, I guess I'd say, is, um, you are able to step outside the, the existing framework and come at it from different perspectives because you've seen different ones. People have solved things in different ways. and You've seen it or you've seen parallel uh, things happen. So, you know, for example, when I was in my manufacturing arena, we made things in some cases at four pieces a day and in a different context, we made 400 a day. Well, those are two very different contexts, but I was able to draw things but from each of those experiences say yeah we can put the we can pull the best of both worlds into something that works even even better now perhaps an analogy for that is you know getting in the car and telling siri or whoever i I don't have that in my car where you need to go and so she says you know a b c d e as opposed to getting out the big old roadmap and sort of looking like what might be interesting along the way or what haven't I seen before or uh, mm-hmm. like just thinking about a, a new route, a different route, a, a something other than the usual route uh, might be a bit of an analogy. Yeah, and I agree because it's that <clears throat> you can take that wider, that whole system view. You know, we're going to travel across a state. We're just not going on a linear trip through that state. Uh, there are things that we could uh, do differently as we go across that straight. So it's it's that whole idea of having, a, like I said, just a maybe a whole system perspective or a broader perspective and looking for the things that are adjacent to, to what you're doing. And what I'm hearing there, too, is a little bit of just that discussion. We've been talking about the intergenerational, you know, so we as older people don't necessarily know the right thing. A younger person just coming in with lots of education doesn't necessarily know the right thing but when we start talking to each other we can probably find how to join dots mm-hmm. that neither one of us might have thought about so yeah it's uh it's always interesting i i remember again in my corporate life we had some uh, uh, young engineers come from uh, the country of india and they were spending some time with us at, at john deere and 
where we were was we made uh, the uh, garden, tra the lawn mowing tractors. And the young engineer kind of took me aside and kind of whispered. He said, so you spend money helping people grow this thing called grass. And then you spend a lot of money. And every week people go cut this grass, but you don't really do anything with it. Is that right? I said, yeah, that's pretty much right. <laughs> so <laughs> this whole idea that, which I thought was, you know, perfectly normal, been around all my life. To him, it was kind of a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a, like, is it, I don't know, St. Peter's letter to God or something. I can't remember. It was a conversation, which is exactly about that. It's like, seriously, this is what people are doing now? <laughs> and my beautiful dandelions, they actually want to get rid of them. <laughs> all <that> sort of <laughs> Ah, dear. Can I ask you a personal question? Sure, absolutely. Do you play pickleball? No, I don't. <laughs> I've considered learning it, but it's not something I've taken up the time to do. But I, I know colleagues and stuff that are just fully involved in. And for many of the people like us, we tend to be more active. So sometimes the golf thing isn't as appealing anymore. So that um, the pickleball is something. Do you play uh, by chance? No, I don't. But I'm just so used to, you know, like after retirement, golf always got the bad rap. You know, you can only yeah. play golf for so long. Um, but when I was browsing around your website, you mentioned pickleball a few times. And I thought that was kind of fun. Um, some time ago, I did interview a woman who came to pickleball a bit later in life, after an athletic life, and she was a rabid pickleball player. So uh, <laughs> I just thought, I wonder if you do actually play. Well, and I guess I can't dismiss it because I also saw an article a little while ago that Tom Brady has invested money in in a uh, professional pickleball league somewhere. So somewhere they're going to have a professional pickleball league. So, <laughs> Well, and as a Canadian, I have to say, I guess it's going to be Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, dear. Okay, before we close, some of our listeners could well be in this exact position. They've enjoyed their career, but are looking to scale back or discover a new pursuit. But they've been on the same career path, advanced on that career path for 35 years. What do you say to them to convince them that they can change gears or change lanes and achieve almost anything they want? once they figure out what that is? I think I'd say, you know, you do, I mentioned this before, you have to own your experience and your skills and your knowledge. You've provided value in the past in whatever role you had. It could have been as a, uh, a volunteer for the PTA for them, but you've provided value in your life as corporate executive, whatever it may be. So you can be that same, you can have that same success doing something else. That's not to say it's going to be easy, so you'll have to have some persistence, but you can have that success. And today's world, uh, what I found is it's easier to start a personal brand business now than it has ever been in the past. You don't have to go out and have a million dollars in advertising or whatever. You can actually connect with a lot of people and uh, and provide value to them and actually get paid for it, you know, just through some common sense work. Now, the one thing I will ask, uh, suggest to them, just as I have done, is you need to find a new group of friends, in a sense, uh, because your old work colleagues, even your family, may not understand what this means to start your encore career. But there are other people out there doing this. And some of them may be younger. They may be young entrepreneurs. I've often 
worked with people who are young entrepreneurs. So you need to do find a, a new peer group that will encourage you and you can encourage each other and learn from one another. That makes that whole journey a whole lot better because otherwise it can feel very lonely if you feel like you got to do this all by yourself. Just as you say that, it occurs to me that my son, I mean, we've had all those family discussions and we have that family history, but every once in a while we get talking shop. Mm -hmm. And it's really an interesting conversation. And often people don't think about asking their kids for opinions or advice and vice versa when it comes to professional lives. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, just sometimes it's, it's closer than you realize. Oh, absolutely. Where you can get inspiration from is going to be a, will become amazing to you. Uh, and I think there's a, a quote from some author that says, once you commit to a, an action, providence can move with you. <laughs> and I think that has happened to me. And I think that's happened for many people that there's things there that you will be surprised at how much support you can get as you go forward. One thing that I learned a couple of years ago, too, was, you know, so often, and you've probably done this where, you know, you're trying to learn new things and you're trying to branch out in a new direction and, you know, weeks and months go by and you think like, ah, oh, nothing is happening. And yet, if you actually stop on a weekly basis and write down all the things that you either learned or accomplished that week, by the end of six months, you've got this incredible list. Mm -hmm. And just looking back on, on what you have, because you'll never remember it six months up the road, but when you do mm -hmm. it regularly, you, you sort of go like, holy gracky, I've learned a lot. Yeah, I've had some some good friends and colleagues say that when I've been kind of frustrated that I haven't had more success or more impact or whatever. And they said, uh, Lynn, there's a lot of people your age aren't doing any of this. So <laughs> you've come a whole lot, a long, long way in this, you know, be, make the most of it. Yeah. And, and when you think to what you were doing seven years ago, compared yeah. to uh, where you are and what you're doing now, it's uh, yeah, pretty amazing. Absolutely. You coach future silver entrepreneurs. What does that look like? <clears throat> well, what I try to do is uh, form up a, a cohort or a, a group, because again, I think this peer learning is very important. But then what I'll do is we'll, we'll start off and uh, go through maybe a, a four to six week period where we just talk about some of the, the details. Uh, I use a program called You Are the Brand, where it just talks about all these things what it takes to create a personal brand business. Now that doesn't put it all together for you, but that gives people a good awareness of what they'll need to do. And then we would take the cohort and if they wish to continue, uh, we could go to get, work together over the next say six months to a year. That's, it probably takes about that long to really create a, a personal business. It might even take longer. Some people it'll take shorter. It just kind of depends, but you have to have a, a, a bit of a time investment and attention investment to really make these things to turn out. Is there anything I haven't asked you? Well, <clears throat> the one thing I'd uh, say is uh, we've been talking about the silver entrepreneur or encore careers, but in my understanding of, you know, life going forward is um, we're going to have, we, we have to consider the fact that we're living longer and healthier longer, not only us, but the people coming up in age so that now we could say it's going to be very possible that uh, an adult life will go from, we'll say age 20 to age 90, an active adult life. So that's, you know, 60, 70 years. And even after 60, you could have 30 years. And so I think everybody needs to 
you know, in today's world, careers last for maybe 10 years or less. So you have to consider the fact that whatever age you're at, you're going to make, you're going to have several careers you create. And even if you're at age 60, you could still be creating two or three more careers. So uh, it's, um, I think we just have to have that idea that uh, uh, it's in a sense it it won't be over until you decide it's over. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I recently had someone say to me that, you know, we should look at that long life, whether it's 90 or 100. And what do we, I mean, it's easy to look back and say, oh, I'm not as spry as I used to be and I can't do what I used to do. But looking back from 100, what do we need to be doing today mm-hmm. to make sure we're still in good shape when we're 90, 95, 100, whatever we think I always say I come from a long line of long livers and mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to live forever. And so far, so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have that same. Well, interestingly enough, my uh, 96 year old mother and I share the same doctor. And so he cuts me no slack in saying, you got to get up, step up your game here, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It, but yeah, I think. Uh, and again, our, our perspective of uh, quote, retirement and all that, we tend to have the perspective of what we saw 20 years ago. And that's really not true for us, nor will it be true in the future. It's we're going to have longer, more active lives. And so then the question is, what do you do with them? (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Where do we find you on the World Wide Web? (laughs) You'll find me at uh, lynnfrius.com. And uh, I also have a a weekly podcast out called uh, uh, creating your encore career. You can find that on Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are found. So uh, either of those two things, you know, they can find me and if, listen to some podcasts, see if it's interesting for you. And then uh, please contact me and see if we can help work together. Are you actually on Instagram? I am. I am having a lot of help. So I get on there a little bit, but we're just, that's a one of the brand new arenas that we're just getting... I and others are helping me getting started on. Okay. (laughs) Are you on any other social or LinkedIn or anything like that? Probably LinkedIn is is the one I'm most comfortable on. So (laughs) your voice changed just then. (laughs) (laughs) This tense voice about Instagram, but LinkedIn is okay. (laughs) Yeah, LinkedIn is okay. I'm I'm that's a traditional way for me to do it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The website link will be in the podcast show notes. All of the links will be part of your bio on our website. Listeners, if you have thoughts on today's show, please talk to us. Leave comments where you're listening or if you're listening at the Boomer Woman's podcast at boomwithabang.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page and talk to us there. Leave stars and reviews where you can. They help us grow. And for early access of upcoming episodes, there's a sign up under this conversation at Boom With A Bang. Now, share this episode with some friends. Finishing up with the nine to five does not mean you're going to be sitting on the couch. You probably don't want to sit on the couch. And you've probably heard my expression, this grandma's off her rocker. Lynn Freest, thank you so much for being my guest today and encouraging us all to create our own next chapter. Thank you, Agnes. It's been a real pleasure. Have a great rest of week. Thank you. You too.